everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of iZombie Radio, your source for everything iZombie related here on the DCTV Podcast Network. My name is Chris King, and I'm one of one of your three co-hosts for this podcast. As always, I'm joined by my two awesome co-hosts, my two pals, my two friends, my two Comic-Con roommates. That would be Mr. Blaze Hopkins and Mr. Sean Carpenter. Blaze, first off, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty well. I, uh, recovering from Comic-Con, good to be back, and, uh. Yeah, you know, just uh, excited to talk about what all the information that came out about the show. Nice. For a second there, I thought you were going to say recovering from the movie we just saw. Nope, don't want to talk about it. You sure? You sure? Yep, nope, yep. Are you sure? We can spin off our new podcast right now. I'm going to leave this show. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, And, uh... For anyone curious, we just saw Valerian and uh, the City of a Thousand Planets and uh, Yawn uh, Fest. We're not, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not fans. But, uh, but yeah. Anyway, Sean, how are you doing, buddy? Wait, you're telling me this is a new episode? I thought this was an old episode. No. No. Old ep- okay. Okay. <laughs> I, just, I'm, I'm confused. We're recording an old episode. Hello. No, I'm joking. This is obviously a new episode. I haven't used that joke yet, have I? The time travel no. joke? Uh, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> yeah. And that one fell completely flat, just like Valerian. Ah, uh, there you Ba-dum-dum. go. There we go. I had to, had to start off weak so I can come back. Uh, I'm doing well. Still record, uh, recording. Recovering. As you can tell, my English don't work good. Um, recovering from Comic-Con, literally came home, then hit the ground running, have not stopped since. But I'm glad to be here. Well, glad to have you. And, uh, yeah, guys, as Blaze, Blaze uh, said, this episode's pretty much just going to be breaking down all the info we got at uh, last week's uh, Comic-Con panel and the press rooms that we were in for iZombie. Um, so we got some fun details to share with you all about that. Uh, you know, if you were following along with the panel, you probably know a lot of the information. But we got some, we got some other juicy details to share um, as well that I think Sean and I got at the, the uh, press tables that we were at. Um, but uh, but yeah, overall, really like really fun panel. I think like really just a good time. Like the cast chemistry is clear. Like lots of laughs. Um, Robert Robert Buckley brought out the uh, the killer abs shirt, which was great, which uh, Rose put on at one point, which was a lot of fun. Um, and then, like news wise, we got uh, we got some pretty big things. I think we should start off with the the first the first big news, which is that we have a new series regular uh, for season four, and, that and it's would be- me. <laughs> no, it's Blaze. It's Blaze. We all know he cloned himself and sent him to Vancouver. It's the reverse flash. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You, the you... Flash. It was me, Barry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, Please continue. All, all good, man. All good. I think next time you might need to test out your material a little bit first, but uh, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But, no, uh, see, I don't, I don't test it. I just, I test it with the fire. 
got it. Um, no, we got uh, Robert Nepper, who played Angus, a.k.a. Blade's dad, will be a series regular in season four. Um, and it was kind of cool how they announced it. Uh, they had Robert Nepper um, come out on uh, in a video uh, uh, that played in Ballroom 20 and, uh, and, and announced the news to all the iZombie fans in attendance. And then uh, right afterwards, uh, David Anders, being the singer that he is, just goes, uh, Papa, can you hear me? Which was really, uh, really funny. Uh, but before, you know, we can obviously talk about all, like, fun moments from the panel. But this is this is big news. We know he's going to be getting out of the well. We know he's going to be one of the, the many threats that Rob Thomas and co teased um during the panel that that's the other thing there's really not going to be a big bad in season four it's going to be these kind of multiple dangerous threats um that are going to be coming at our uh, our favorite characters so blaze uh what do you think about robert nepper joining the iZombie uh the iZombie family for season four and what are you expecting from uh from getting more of angus i'm excited to have him back and here in a main um, main role, I guess. I think Angus is another fun sort of villainous character that the show utilizes well, and I think, for me, the main reason I'll be excited to have him back and out of the well is because I think Angus is probably like one of the few um, large challenges for Blaine to deal with. Um as, you know, being a villain, and especially, uh, you know, looking forward to their interactions and everything. But I'm most excited because, you know, not a lot can really, like, phase Blaine or um, frustrate him or sort of outthink him at points. Um, But his father, Angus, is one of those. For sure. In a lot of ways, he's his equal. Yes. Um, So I agree. That, That dynamic between the two of them will be really cool to see. And and Sean, what do you think about Angus just being one of the the many different threats that uh, will be kind of uh, that will be presented with in iZombie season four? Do you like this idea of having multiple villains kind of at play, or will you miss the idea of having someone like a Von Du Clark or a, or a season one Blaine for the whole team to rally against? I mean, it's kind of both, like. As much as I would love to see, like, the different villain dynamics for this season, I'll always miss, <clears throat> pardon me, I'll always miss something like Avon Du Clark. Like, this big D-bag of a dude who just sort of is just in it to make a boatload of money. Because Blaine, in it to make a boatload of money. Von Du Clark, boatload of money. I mean... Blaine and Angus will be in it to make a boatload of money as well, but that's two of the factions that we're dealing with. Maybe. Like, there's a lot going on and in play this upcoming season. Though, I did like that I got to joke with David Anders in the press room about, oh, he's not going to come out of the well. He's just going to have a recurring voice, voice cast role of just him shouting out of the well at the end of every episode. <laughs> and he got a, he got a good laugh out of that. So yeah, that would be that would definitely be very interesting. And uh, and speaking of those of those multiple threats, I mean, we have Angus. The other two specific ones that they brought up 
um, where that there's going to be a human terrorist organization, and then obviously Chase Graves and Fillmore Graves themselves. We still kind of don't know where they're at or what they'll be. I mean, we know Chase Graves is taking more power this season. He's making it illegal for um, zombies to scratch humans because there's kind of almost like a refugee problem here in in what's called New Seattle. Uh, and that, uh, so we see that Chase Graves has a lot of power and it seems possible that he could abuse it in a lot of ways. Um, and I think that's kind of what they hinted at for a lot of the conflict, a lot of the friction of the season, particularly between Liv and Major is going to be Major is fully on team, team zombie, team Chase Graves, whereas Liv, Liv's going to be a little more conflicted. Yeah, the the notes that you that uh, we've been looking at also just jokingly said not the fun kind of friction. Yes, that is very that was true. my takeaway. It's like Liv and Major will have some friction, but not the fun kind. Just Definitely. the way they worded it. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think. Um, importantly that it's going to again they're not going to be able to they're not going to be on the on the same team like we see at the end of season 3 major is very clearly you know a part of Fillmore Graves and that Liv is going to have a kind she's going to be rebellious is what we were told that she's going to you know kind of be quote unquote a real player to um Quote, quote, uh, to quote uh, Rose MacGyver, you know, and that um, it seems like she would be more willing to kind of uh, go at bat for the humans. Um, and so I'm really curious to see what that, because that's a new kind of conflict for Living Major that we haven't seen before. You know, it's not born out of any romantic drama or hidden secrets. This is This is two very different ideologies. Absolutely. I think it's going to be really interesting just because um, I think once again, like I'm a, again, I'm really excited to see Major, I guess, unfold this season because it's again we've seen him with this purpose and everything. Um, but I wonder how much he'll be influenced, or you know, by a person like Chase Graves. Um, because at the end of the season, you know, Major goes back to him so willingly um, and is like, I want this, like, I'm on your side. Almost like he, you know, in a way, he's sort of like signing his soul over to the devil. Um, because at this point, he, he can't really challenge Chase Graves, I feel, you know, like any, because Chase Graves can basically be like, hey, I made you, like, you wanted this, you basically wanted to fight for my cause and my side. Um, yeah, and, and I think I think that might be one of the things is you know will major or will will or will not um, whether he will or will not realize sort of hey this you know this isn't how I expected everything to go down or like I I thought that there was a better way um, and as for Liv I'm excited I'm optimistic you know I feel like she you know it says she's gonna step up and sort of have more of a voice and everything and I feel like. That'll be, she will be the, the one person trying to really uh, bridge the gap between 
zombies and humans because she is the one who has sort of lived it the longest and the most peacefully, and she knows there is a way. Yes. Um, Agreed. And I think it's going to be interesting to see, too, because we know the police department's going to start pairing people up with zombies. So, like, what other zombies are we going to meet in the police department? And if they're working alongside humans, you have to believe that there's more human sympathizers than just live. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and then the other uh, the other thing that will be interesting is, and what we got a little bit of information on, uh, and this is obviously having to do with an, a new zombie, is that uh, Malcolm Goodwin said during the panel that Clive will be there for Basio in the same way he was there for Liv, you know, uh, so that he'll, you know. He's been there for Liv before when she was a zombie. He'll be there for for Dale. But something interesting he said at my press room table, which I'm not sure, guys, if this was just his idea or if this is something they're actually definitely going to do, was the – because I asked him about, um, you know, do you think that that Basio and and Clive have a better shot than – live in major and he brought up the idea of them being in like an open relationship so that clive can kind of have you know physical or sexual uh interaction with other humans and that dale can do that with other zombies um but they're still in this like emotional bond i don't know if that was just him spitballing but he kind of made it seem like it was like a pretty possible idea which I'm not sure how I feel about that, to be honest. I am not a fan of that, because to me, you know, it's like, I I don't know, I guess I see them as like they're in love and everything, and I know there's obviously the argument you could make of like, oh, like, they love each other, you know, so it's like they're willing to, you know, like go that far, I guess, or like do whatever's necessary. But to me, I guess I just think from what we're given in that finale and in that final scene, you know, with him washing her hair. And to me, it really sends the message that, like, Clive is going to be there for Dale. And all I guess, like, knowing the CW and the type of shows that, um, you know, they put out with the types of drama that the show can have on them and the types of conflict... To me, it would just feel like they're creating a way to put an unnecessary divide between uh, Clive and Dale um, to create another zombie v. human conflict, you know, or um, kind of give them reasons to step towards one side. Um, I don't know. I just feel like for how horrible their breakup was and even just like how rough their initial reconnection was um, before zombies were revealed and having them finally back together, I I would just be so nervous that it would turn into cheap drama. I agree. I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. No, I, I, I agree. I don't want a repeat of the love triangle stuff we got at the beginning of season three. Um, please for the love of God. Well, that's the other thing. No more love triangles. That's a good point. Like, you know, you obviously have to, like, do you to some extent have to establish or show us these these characters on screen that they are designed to interact with? Or do you run into a situation, you know, where one of them, 
is like out on a date with their like uh hookup partner i don't even know what you call that well and, like that's that's the thing too are they just going to be like are they going to be seeking out like is dale going to be seeking out like male zombie prostitutes like what's yeah, going on it just it honestly like just thinking about it and discussing it now it i feel like it's a waste of my time <laughs> like and i would feel like it's a waste of time to watch it on the show <laughs> Sean, any thoughts? Uh, just as long as they don't have that petty jealousy that comes from, like, the stereotype. If they're doing an open relationship, I hope they do it like, like an actual open relationship where both are, while they're still together, they are also enjoying the company of others. But not, not in the sense that we get either a really jealous Bosio or a really jealous Clive because that's just that's just not cool. Like not cool at all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It just feels like it would be a waste of time for what they could be doing with those characters. I I agree. I guess my only if to play devil's advocate, it's kind of like how do you keep that drama fresh when you already played it with Livin Major? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um Speaking of romance, though, real quick, two kind of notes uh, again from the panel. David Anders made made it pretty clear that uh, Blaine and Peyton, that the quote-unquote ship has sailed, thank God. Uh, so, <laughs> Pavi, Pavi. Yeah, well, I don't, even, I don't even care who Peyton ends up with. It's just no. like, I'm, yeah, it's just, it's, glad, yeah. It, glad it's done. And then also, uh, Rob Thomas teased that the, there's a new love interest for Liv in season four, who was essentially created because of how like fun their their ship name would be. Uh, so, I think that seems kind of funny. Um, I think I it's think at least it, funny that they chose. I appreciate and think do think it's funny that they at least chose the name of the character purely for. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and he literally goes. He just told the whole audience. He's like, "You'll know it when you hear it." <laughs> well, he said. He also said that though, like he hopes he's. They are relying on the audience to get the ship name they have in mind correct. Yes. Yes. Which uh, let's hope they do. <laughs> oh god, this should be fun. Yeah, kind of a kind of a fun thing to look to look for. Um. And then, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, and then, speaking of, we qu- we quickly touched on Peyton. Um, uh, Ali Mashaka promised that uh, Peyton would be in the courtroom. We would actually see her in the courtroom this season, and that she's going to be doing more of these uh, zombie human cases, and that she's going to have a really interesting perspective Um because obviously her best friend's a zombie. She's working for a zombie, so um, I she think was that, dating a zombie. Well, uh, she was. Yeah, but uh, she's that she. It's going to put her in an interesting, interesting spot. Um, and then uh, real quick. Uh, oh, but the but the thing is, uh, Allie also said that she'll. Peyton will respect Chase Graves and Filmer Graves, but she'll also challenge his ethics. 
So hopefully it looks like we might get Peyton kind of battling with Chase Graves' kind of rules and, and laws that he's trying to put uh, put in put in place here in New Seattle. Um, and I think that's an interesting way of bringing Peyton into the, the forefront of the story without it being like Ravi or Blaine related. And yeah. and I think she, I think she said too that there's going to be a lot more. She said this at my press table. There's going to be a lot more of Peyton and Liv together, uh, which she's excited for uh, because of like her getting a chance to react to the brains and kind of go on adventures uh, together. So I, it sounds like Peyton's definitely going to have more of a primary role than she even did last season when we had Allie become a series regular. Yeah. Uh, are you guys go ahead, Bliss. I was just gonna say I think yeah, I mean I think um Peyton is the most unique character for them to try and find individual plots for. Mm-hmm. Just because until you know I guess until recently, I don't even know. It's it's been a slow build for her character, um, into an individual, I guess, on the show, um, in terms of what they have her do, just because she's always sort of been there as Liv's best friend, and obviously they have connected her through uh, Ravi and Blaine, and, and you know, it's been slow, like I said, they've given her more to do than just be sort of a, a side character, they, you know, they tie her to Barakas and have her kind of doing more for the justice system and everything, um, so I think it'll be good, it'll be nice to see her actually, like, doing her job, instead of talking about doing her job. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think it's a nice progression, and like you said, I think it will bring up some good interactions with characters like Chase Graves and just people that. Yeah, I think it will again just make her more directly involved instead of sort of commenting from the sidelines. Ag- agreed, uh, Sean. Any thoughts? I mean. I'm just happy it's not another freaking love triangle for her. She's... I feel like they finally sort of figured out what to use her for post-relationship nonsense. Because the Blaine reveal happened pretty early on in Season 3, if I'm not mistaken. Like, midway through or maybe even earlier. Right? Episode 6, I believe. So about the halfway point. And so the rest of the season was sort of a build-up for the character to be in the place she's going to be in for this coming season. I mean, that's pretty much what you can say of season three is it's a lot of build-up. A lot of build-up for what's to come with that finale sort of being the last little bit of weight to teeter it off into this new unknown. Yeah. I will be interested in exploring what she brings to the table now in this post-Discovery Day world that New Seattle is a part of. I think New Seattle is kind of a dumb name, to be honest, but <laughs> I'll come up with a better name next week. Uh, just I'm, just give me about a week. New, How about uh, New Seattle? I was just going to say Seattle with a yeah, Z right. in the front of it. Yeah. But that was the first one that came off the top of my head. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, um, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, but then uh, just some other interesting uh, kind of tidbits here. Obviously, we didn't get any kind of confirmation about what what state Ravi's going to be in, um, although he is alive, obviously. but uh, We know he's in the season. Can you yes. imagine if he That's just dropped dead? That's all we can dead. say. Yeah, right. Yeah. The opening scene of season four is like him in Liv's arms, just dead. <laughs> exactly. Um, but Raul did say that um, the idea of playing a zombie is very tempting, but that he just loves the human factor of Ravi, and he even reiterated that at uh, the press table uh, I was at, where he was just saying that like he he wouldn't want to he wouldn't really want to play a zombie. He's not. He didn't admit that. Uh, he, he wouldn't admit, obviously, what he's playing, and he kind of kept walking that edge, which was fun. But, uh, but yeah, he he said he really prefers the humanity of Ravi and, and that, you know, he thinks it's very important to the show, which I would agree with. Um, and then a couple, a couple other quick things here. Uh, the uh, Shady Plots has now become Romero's, which is... Very cool. A, Yes, it's a very nice, nice little shout out to uh, to, to George Romero, and uh, it's described as a cemetery to plate restaurant, which uh, I know David Anders really had like a lot of a lot of fun uh, with the description of that. Um, and then, lastly, I just wanted to mention where was it? I'm going through our tweets here. And I thought I had something, and now I can't find it. So this is fun. Oh, and then obviously, too, we got a uh, a whole host of new brains we can look forward to, um, which include, but are not limited to, Hockey Goon Brain. Um, and then at the in the press room, we got uh, Die Hard Seattle Seahawks, Rom-Com Lover Brain, a brain that resembles... Uh, a, like Lucille, Bru- uh, Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development, if anyone's a fan of that show. Um, and then there's one more that is escaping me at the moment. But we kind of got we got previewed uh, a few new brains that are interesting. Um, so out of the list of all that, what what are you guys most looking forward to? Is it one of the brains in particular? Are you guys looking forward to seeing Blaine back in power at Romero's? Um, or even to the the whole idea that we are going to have this refugee crisis in new Seattle and that that's really going to be kind of like a focal point of the season. What, what, what about what we got at the panel really stood out to you guys? I'll let Sean take this one. Uh, well, I'm really interested in seeing the hockey goon brain and what, I know Rose is going to... I know she's excited for that. Only because she gets to don her skates again, which she hasn't done in forever. But we all know that it's going to be a stunt double doing most of the most of the grunt work. But... this I would love to see the bloopers on that because I want to see just people on ice just falling on their butts constantly. Um... It's going to take a while to get back into the swing of things, I want to want to say. But the brains do seem a little interesting. I'm just kind of disappointed that there's nothing that's 
really going to be like Teenage Girl Brain that's been announced so far. Maybe the rom-com brain, but I don't know. I, Teenage Girl Brain still kind of has a hold on me. I'm really excited for the Seattle Seahawks brain, because, like, even the way Diane described it, she was like, yeah, like, full face paint and everything. And so, like, the idea of, of Liv being like that, like, and, um, and almost being too, like, too sporty for even somebody like Major, that, that, <laughs> that entertains me. It does sound entertaining, for sure. I'm um, just not that big of a sports nerd, so I wouldn't... Or even just a sporty, in general. Blaze, how so, about you? Um, I think I'm definitely most excited to see Belene's new venture as he pivots Shady Plots into becoming a restaurant. Um, just because I think it's a fun way to kind of twist the direction of his character and it again kind of brings a fresh face to the business the same business model that he's had um and you and you gotta know this restaurant's gonna have a piano bar yeah exactly (laughs) um so i think it's just nice because one it like i said you know he's been running the same business for every season now and it'll be uh it'll be good to kind of give him something new that like you said combines what we saw um last season at the beginning with him sort of finding uh or at least getting to pursue an interest in singing and uh performing but uh i mean it makes sense it's a nice logical step for him to take and his character to take in terms of the business model and it also makes sense to me because he's the only one, like, you know, he has all of these previously established clients from when he ran the delivery service and everything. And he was pretty much the only brain provider that we really know of. So uh, I really like that. I think I'm most excited to see that and sort of, again, what what happens with that because you know he's going to want to grow the business or his or maybe you know if, if he brings his dad back into things to try and get business knowledge um i think that could be fun um can't wait to see what uh donnie is going to do in the business as <laughs> for the brains i like the sound of them like i think hockey goon brain could be a lot of fun and I like the idea of the like Lucille Bluth esque brain. My only thing, my only caution, is I hope that they aren't. I hope that they have enough to do with such specific things because I also feel like something like Hockey Goon Brain could play similar to the like adre- Adrenaline Junkie or like the. Um, like the reality star guy we saw last season, you know, where she's just sort of like very broy. Yeah, or even the, or even like how the the different types, the different sports brains could always get her close to the coach brain. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like you know, while while the the brains themselves, just on such a base level, um, sound like a lot of fun. I just do hope that they can come up with enough uniqueness um to keep them fresh because even something like it like the fact that they have to go as far as to say like quote you know lucille bluth type brain 
worries me a little bit just because it's like if you're already tr having to get that specific with things and try are kind of utilizing specific characters from other shows and stuff and i know that's only an example um and just like the rough outline of or at least like rough idea of what they want to do um again i just hope that they can keep it fresh instead of feeling like it's um i guess like a copy no for sure um, I, I agree with you. There's always a concern about brains being too much like the ones we've had before, mm -hmm. um, which I think is why, to me, the the most kind of excited I'm a, the most thing I'm most excited about the season is this whole refugee type crisis. Yes. Yeah. Be, because not only without getting too political, not only is it timely, um, but it's also I think something that's really going to it's a complex issue that's really going to digging deep to the different sides of all these characters and it's gonna it's gonna make us see i think each character particularly if they're a zombie in a new light you know that's why this conflict between major uh live and major sounds so interesting to me because it's not a rehash of the crap we've seen before mm -hmm. um and uh i think it's going to be really interesting to see how Live especially because we know she's going to kind of take on a bigger role in some way, whatever this is. I almost envision her as this kind of rebellion type leader against, you know, Chase Graves or whatever. I don't know. I got nothing really to back that up besides the fact that Rose described Live as rebellious. But I really think kind of seeing her fight against this immorality that might be going on, it's going to be really inspiring and it's going to give something Live going to give Liv something to do other than just solve cases she's going to find a new purpose this season which i think is kind of really exciting um and it's going to be really uh i think really compelling to see who ends up on her side and if people aren't why they aren't you know like mm -hmm. we know there's we know there's going to be conflict with major but are we going to see major's points too or are we always going to be like well no i i think Liv's 100 percent right here i'm really interested to see how they tackle that I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, that's pretty much everything. We got some other fun tidbits about how, you know, where we've heard before where, like, the cast said about how the Dungeons & Dragons uh, episode was, like, their favorite episode to shoot, specifically the scene where they all play. And one really fun tidbit was about that that Rose had not rehearsed the, the voice she used for the, drag, uh, for the Dungeon Master. So in that scene, they're all hearing it for the first time, which I thought was a like a great little note, and that also that Rose based it off of a person that she actually knows. Um, just kind of like fun little behind the scenes tidbits there, uh, because people were asking her about, you know, the process of each brain each week, and you know sometimes she said she like just nails it, other times she has to rein it back a little bit um, because it's a little too sticky. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting explanation because, as she explained, she doesn't have a lot of time on while you, when they're filming an episode, which is true. You know, the average TV schedule for filming an episode is eight days, so it's kind of can't do like too too much research. Um, but but yeah, I uh, I think um, I think there was just like again, if you had the like had the opportunity to be there, which fortunately we did. Um, thankfully, uh, 
it was so much fun just watching this cast interact um, because they're just a really fun group of people, and you can tell how well they get along. Um, but uh, but yeah, from from a spoiler standpoint, that's all we got. I wonder if we would have gotten more spoilers if Rob Thomas had been in the press room. Unfortunately, Rob Thomas got pink guy. If you hadn't seen it on Twitter, <laughs> so he was he was not in the press room. He had to uh, he had to hang back because uh, he was he was a little too ill. But because uh, he always he always does a really good job of of kind of laying out what the season's going to look like um, with 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 giving us just a just enough detail. But um, but yeah, aside from that, guys, those are really the main points we got at Comic Con. A lot of fun stuff. Um, no footage or anything because they haven't begun shooting yet, obviously, and uh, and no idea on a premiere date except for mid season. If I think if any of us really had to place money on it, we'd probably say spring again. Yeah, like right before spring break for most colleges, or like that spring break three-week period. Maybe even early March, like they did last year, or yeah. this season. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, we had April this season, and then when uh, the show actually began back in season one, it was in March. So I'm thinking March or April, like you said, Sean, will probably be it. But uh, well, we'll see. But uh, but yeah, guys, as of uh, as for uh, everything else, I mean, that's pretty much it for San Diego Comic-Con wise. It's all kind of the the info we got. It was a really, again, really fun time talking to the cast, really fun time being at that panel. And uh that's, uh, that's going to do it for us, I think. So uh, without further ado, why don't we tell everyone where they can find us, Sean? Uh, pretty much at Snarky Sean. It's got all of my stuff there. Um, I I write for the Marvel Report sometimes. Um, more than these two dudes do, but sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I cover video games collectibles and all that fun stuff and also i covered inhumans for comic-con so you should see all that stuff eventually make its way onto the internet i don't know i've got a pretty crazy schedule uh speaking of i also host a psych podcast which is was at comic-con as well right before i zombie um we're doing a rewatch podcast so episode one has been released well episode zero slash episode one it's complicated we'll explain it later uh so you can go listen to that and hear me talk about literally my favorite show in the entire universe uh no offense to iZombie 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 is a very close second if if we're if we're real talk <laughs> I think iZombie doesn't have an original theme song that I can sing along to, so yeah. See, see, God, yeah. so you're you're docking you're docking at points for its theme song. Oh, well, that and the fact that there's not a pineapple in every single episode. I mean, there's a brain in every single episode, but that that's sort of the, the whole thing of the show. <laughs> But also, Psych did get me through some pretty some pretty dark times, so that's why it still is the reigning champion. But you can find that podcast at Delicious Flavor. I host it with 
comicbook.com's Russ Burlingame, as well as Jenna Anderson, same site. So I'm the only non-comicbook.com person on that podcast. And then I've got my overall nerd superhero podcast, the Geekishly Toku podcast. Literally, go to my Twitter bio. It's all there. Go listen to me ramble about superheroes and pineapples. Sounds good. I'm Blaze. Where can the folks at home find you? You can find me at Blaze Hopkins on Twitter. I'm pumping out those TV reviews for TVOverMind.com. We got Preacher. We're going to have... We got Ballers starting this, uh, that started this past Sunday. We got uh, The Defenders coming up next month. You can find me also writing those sweet, sweet comic reviews for The Marvel Report. And lastly, you can check out my other podcast, Comic Convo, at comic underscore convo, where um, I force Chris to dive into the deep depths of comics. You, you don't you don't necessarily force me. You give me give me a night uh, a nice light nudge, um, and uh, I've 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 enjoyed it so far. I've enjoyed it so far. Uh, but yeah, guys, you can find me um, on Twitter at cfinger13. You'll see what I'm doing. I'm not really doing too much right now. We're in hiatus mode. There's not a lot of shows I'm writing about, but uh, hopefully I tweet entertaining enough things that you guys enjoy. And uh, you always can find me here on iZombie Radio on Comic Convo with Blaze. And, uh, yeah, that's really about it. Uh, so that's going to do it for us this week, guys. You can find us, all, as always, uh, at iZombie Radio on Twitter and on Facebook. We're part of the DCTV Podcast Network, which includes shows like Flash Podcast, Supergirl Radio, Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, podcasts among others go check all those shows out they're awesome if you're not described if you're not described wow uh, i'm tired if you're not subscribed to the mega feed on itunes um that's how you can get all of them they'll download right in a row so that's a good thing to do if you're a fan of all the dc shows and just if you are subscribed to us which hopefully you are if you're listening to this give us a rating give us a review you know let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about or if there's anything we can change or let us know if we're doing a good job we'd appreciate that too and uh, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our uh, post-Comic-Con conversation. Sorry we could not do it live at Comic-Con. Our schedules got a little too crazy. Um, and I don't think any of us were, all three of us were drunk at all, all at the same time anyway, so it wouldn't have been that fun. But, uh, but, but yeah, that's going to do it for us this, this week, guys. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of iZombie Radio. Take care. Bye.